0: Moviegoers, I'm your host Megan Reyes. I'm Anna, and this is CinemaScope. (laughs) Merry Christmas, like Merry Christmas time. This is the first of a lot of Christmas movies we're going to be watching (laughs) over the next couple weeks. So, today we are going to be reviewing. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. When you first watched this movie, what did you think about it?
1: At first, I was like, okay, this is kind of childish, and the beginning scene really reminded me of the Nutcracker, because, you know, like, you have that, like, fireplace it just, it looked like it was happening in the same room, a really just, like, foresty, small village vibe, and, like, I knew that it was going to be some type of, like, fairy tale movie, um, but it, that, what happened definitely wasn't what I expected to happen. It was a good movie.
0: Right, so I picked this movie out. So this was my pick of the week. And I saw it and I thought, this really reminds me of something that I would watch when I was a kid. Because I feel like the quality of movies over the years, especially since I was a kid, went down. I was sort of expecting something like that from this, but boy, was I wrong. (laughs) let's go ahead and get into the actors and the cast. Forrest Whitaker as Geronicus, the toy maker and inventor who has fallen on hard times. I knew I recognized him from somewhere, but he didn't look like Forrest Whitaker because he didn't have the eye. So for those of you who don't know who Forrest Whitaker is, he has been in a lot of things. Um, You could definitely ask your parents. He's been in a lot of older things, but one of the Newer movies projects he's been in was Black Panther. He played kind of the father figure for T'Challa once we actually get into Wakanda, but here he's playing Geronicus, the toy maker, Justin Cornwell as a younger Geronicus. I love that name. I know we were, me and Anna were talking about that before we actually started filming, but I thought the names were a little weird, and then I kind of fell in love with them.
1: Right. The first time I heard the names, I was like, that's a little weird. But then, like, as I started saying the names more, I was like, wait, this actually kind of, like, makes sense in my head. Like, it just kind of clicked. So the next person we
0: have is Madeline Mills as Journey, the granddaughter of Geronicus, and later on, Felicia Rasad. As Grandmother Journey. Keegan Michael Key as Gustason, the struggling apprentice of Geronicus who betrays him and becomes a successful toy maker despite not being able to perfect his twirly whirly. Miles Burrow as a younger Gustason. Hugh Bonneville as Mr. Delacroix, a banker. Anika Noni Rose as Jessica, the daughter of Geronicus and the mother of Journey. Diana. Babnikova as a young Jessica. Ricky Young as the voice of Don Juan Diego, a sentient matador doll who manipulates Gustafson into betraying Jeronicus so that he would not have to be mass-produced. Lisa Davina Phillip as Miss Johnston, a post-woman who sympathizes with Geronicus's plight. Marisha Wallace as Miss Johnson's singing voice. Kiernan L. Dyer as Edison, the pubescent assistant of Jeronicus, Sharon Rose as Joanne Jingle, the wife of Jeronicus, Abraham Paploma as Rogers, and Tobias Pope as the voice of Buddy 3000, a Tory robot, and the creations of Jeronicus that feeds off belief. Before we get into the plot, going
1: into this movie, did you think it was going to be cheesy? Absolutely. I don't know. It was just like the setting the very first the very first scene just the setting of it that's the vibe it gave me
0: another thing that i definitely want to talk about more in detail later is the costumes and the costume design and the set design i saw the costumes and i thought how intricate the costumes are and how intricate the details are and and the color palette just it made my heart so happy as i've said in in past episodes definitely with other movies i am a costume person if the costumes aren't fantastic I kind of lose interest in the movie, but these, these were
1: amazing. I totally agree with you, literally. So there was, I don't remember specifically what scene, but it was one of the first like dancing scenes. And I was just looking at like the way their dresses just flowed like so perfectly and evenly. It literally looks like some sort of like salsa dance. And they were all dancing just literally perfectly. I was thinking about like the entire time the choreography and like the amount of time it must have taken to like just remember all of that. I don't know. It was honestly like as far as like costumes and rating goes I would give this a 10 out of 10 like perfect.
0: Oh absolutely and and definitely for me I know that my style if you see me in real life says differently but I love steampunk and I love 1800s turn of the century 19th century kind of outfits and and that kind of brought two of my very favorite things together with a very vibrant color palette and it it made my heart so happy okay so let's go ahead and get into the plot jeronicus jangle an inventor toy maker and owner of jangles and things receives the final component f- to his latest inventions that he believes will change his family's lives forever and just so you guys know this is a musical so that musical number is called this day and I, as soon as this movie was over, I went back and listened to that song, and I was, it's a bop. It's so good.
1: Um. Yeah, honestly, I think I've said this before. I'm not really that much into musicals, so like while I was playing, I kind of just like let it play, and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I am I'm watch the movies, like musicals like that, more for like the plot than the singing music.
0: This component helps create Don Juan Diego, a sentient matador doll. I... No, as soon as he came to life. Jeronicus leaves to celebrate, leaving Diego and the store under the care of his apprentice, Gustason. Diego is distraught to learn that he will be mass-produced, thus robbing him of his uniqueness. I think Don Juan is funny. I think he's a funny character.
1: I think he was really interesting. At first, like so going into this movie, I knew I was expecting something fictional, because like magically. But like it just at first I was like, okay, but like that's a little too far of a reach. But then I just started to go with it. Uh, and then like immediately when the character started talking, I was like, oh, his ego is so big. Like I knew something like that was gonna happen too.
0: Right. And he was saying things like, and I'll I'll put a clip in here.
1: Oh hey. It is uh Maestro one year. When the bull sees me, he sees himself. It is an honor for you to finally meet me. And, 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 I, and I, you, I'm Geronicus, and this, this is my wonderful family. You can throw roses on my feet later.
0: I like when people stare at me.
1: I give them something to stare at. And the folk of a dance.
0: As you guys heard... He started saying things like, now, okay, let's pay attention more to me. I'm amazing. And he's just so full of himself. And so as soon as he started talking, I said, okay, he is the villain of the story. There's no way somebody with that big of an ego could be a hero. In, in a fictional story, obviously, you know, they could be but not not
1: in a fictional story. I think that going into it, I definitely was not expecting him to be, I, I would I didn't see him being the villain. He kind of turned out but like, mm, I don't know. I, I don't really know what I was expecting from this movie. I, I, going into it, I had no, like, no clue what to expect.
0: He manages to convince Gustafson, an aspiring inventor himself, to get back at Geronicus by taking Diego and the Book of Inventions in the musical number Borrow Indefinitely. And that kind of hurts Geronicus. I mean, obviously, you know, they get away with it, but it, it hurts him. So Barwyn definitely I didn't like that musical number. It
1: was very slow. It wasn't very long. Yeah. As I said, I did not pay that much attention to the musical aspect of this movie. Uh yeah, no. Honestly though, like at the beginning, before the plot started to develop, I was kind of like, well, he kind of deserved it. Cause he was treating his he was treating the, the kid as like was being so mean to him like he was just trying to like get his attention for like i mean he shouldn't have done that but like he was just being really rude so at first i was like "Mm, kind of karma
0: i had the exact same opinion um but in the scene directly after he goes gusison you really didn't think we were gonna celebrate without you and he brings him up like a plate of food and and then a little box and I thought something's in that box that's important and I couldn't figure out what was in it but something in there was important and we do learn later what it was but without proof of Gustinson's actions to show the police jingles and things falls into financial hardship while Gustinson starts his own factory after the death of his wife Joanne Jeronicus grows distant from his daughter Jessica who then moves away.
1: Okay, so like as far as him going off and making his own company, it kind of reminded me to like this real world thing that you see sometimes where like small businesses make up an item and then like really big businesses, they kind of copy it and like sell it and like mass produce it. Like I've seen a bunch of people on social media who make like little things and have little social media shops. They show how like their product is and then they compare to one that another big company copied. I felt sorry for Mr. Jingle because it was just kind of like- oh that really sucks and especially how his shop just went all like dark and like everything magical was just drained out of there and you could tell I think they did a really good way of like expressing that
0: right and I like that you talked about the use of color because use of color and in movies and things like that is one of my favorite things to look at like if you watch Coco you know how the living world is so dull and gray and then as soon as you go into the land of the dead. It's so vibrant and colorful and beautiful. And then when he comes back up, it's it's also vibrant, colorful, and beautiful. And I love looking at the use of colors to express emotion. 30 years later, Jangles and Things is a failing pawnbroker shop and Jeronicus has completely lost his creative spark. He is visited by postwoman Miss Ms. Johnston, who is sympathetic to his plight and smitten with him as she tries to lift his spirit. In the musical number, Miles and Miles. I really like this one. I really like Mrs. Johnston. Um, she says in the movie, I'm widowed, so it's Ms. And I'll put that clip in here. Hello, Jerry. It's Ronis. It's Jerry.
1: You have funny she's just It's Liz. Remember. He's dead. Gone. Never coming back. And I just I th- I think that's adorable. Yeah, at first I was like, okay, she's a little bit annoying, but she was I think she brought like the comedial aspect to the beginning of this movie because it definitely needed it because at first it was so like dark and gloomy and then she came in and it was starting to get more like how do I put it more less like more casual basically.
0: I also love Marisha Wallace who is the singing voice for Mrs. Johnston. I just I think she has a beautiful voice and I like that they kind of brought in a kind of A person who is very much so a soprano like she is a soprano and she knows it (laughs) and I I like her range and I like kind of what that brought to this to this movie also didn't know Forrest Whitaker could sing didn't realize that
1: I did not know either honestly but I do have to agree she has a really good singing voice I mean I think that all the characters had a I mean like the musicals as far as, like, I didn't pay attention to them, yeah, but, like, the production was still really good. I'm going to admit that.
0: Geronicus is visited
1: by banker Mr. De La Croix, who tells him to pay his
0: debts or produce a new invention to show the bank by Christmas or he will lose his shop. I felt so bad for him here. I just thought, you have no idea what's happening. His wife died, and then his daughter left him, and... And he, his stupid apprentice decided to take his inventions, and I just felt so bad for him. And I, I thought he's really about to go through all of that and lose his shop,
1: and that's that's really crappy. Yeah, I think the part that got me um, the most was where he like he said to the banker, he was like, oh, "I'll have nowhere else to stay," and I was like, "No," I honestly felt like I was feeling it at that point I was like um at first I kind of like that moment I regret it when I said he deserved it um he deserved to, because I don't know like when they showed like the grave scene it was so sad honestly it was so sad oh and one of the things that I also want to talk about was like um, between like the scene changes when she's telling the story, I really liked those carved out wood figures that she they were using to replace the characters in the story. They looked so cool. Right, and
0: I liked kind of the gears. And, and like I said, this is very steampunk, but vibrant steampunk. And I really appreciated that. I thought it was very cute that they developed kind of a sense of this family still makes toys. Obviously at the beginning, I think it's kind of obvious that whoever the grandmother is is either Joanne or Journey, as we were, like, as we will find out. She's definitely related to Geronicus. So she obviously has that spark. And speaking of that spark, I liked that it wasn't just magic. It it wasn't just, I'm gonna wave my hands around and things are gonna come to life. It it was mass and it was science, and it was calculated. And I think it's very encouraging to little girls, and obviously, I mean, I'm not a STEM person, but it's very encouraging to little girls to see that on the big screen, to see, oh, this isn't just magic, it's science. And ma-
1: science is magic
0: and I can do that.
1: I'm actually so glad that you brought that up because I, as I was watching this movie, I was just thinking 10 years ago, it would have been the new apprentice who was talking all this like calculation, who was a boy, who was talking all this calculation stuff. But I really liked how this time it was the girl because it was showing like her creativity and it was just showing to literally every single young girl out there, like whatever you want to do, it's possible. And then like, as far as the special effects went, like in the magic aspect, they were so cool. It actually looked that like they were writing on air when they were doing their calculations. I thought it was like some sort of like board they were using at first. That's how good it was.
0: I will say that whenever I'm doing like multiplication or, or adding and things like that, I will write in the air. And so I was looking at that and thinking, wow, I do that. <laughs> And I thought it was really cute. Meanwhile, it is revealed that Jessica now has a daughter named Journey, who shares jeronicus's passion for inventing and the musical number Not the Only One. That was one of my favorite musical numbers. It was it was very I connected with it a lot because I used to be a weird person. I mean, I still have interests that not a lot of other people have and I know you probably still have interests that not a lot of people have and I always used to get left out for that and I was watching that musical number and I thought
1: wow that's that's me that was me four or five years ago that musical number I think was the only one that I actually like really really enjoyed even though I didn't really remember it at first um because it was just like her at her desk and it felt so like it felt like even though she wasn't directly talking to the audience, it felt like she was because she was just doing this thing, which I think is an experience a lot of people go through when they're tr- when they're trying to grow up, is that you begin to notice that you don't have the same interests as everybody else. And then you kind of have that moment where like, okay, well, I'm just myself. And I really liked watching her like just accept that. Honestly, it was really good.
0: A letter arrives for Jessica from Jeronicus and Jessica sends Journey to stay with him until Christmas. Upon arriving, Geronicus seems disinterested in her, though agrees to let her say. Gustafson, a now famous toy tycoon, has exhausted all the inventions from Geronikus' book. At a party, Gustafson unveils a toy that he has since been trying to perfect called the, wait for it, twirly whirly though it malfunctions and attacks one of the guests I really liked this musical number this musical number was called Magic Man G and I was just bopping it's it's I really like the music in this movie because I it's it's a
1: it's really good yeah this was one of the times specifically like I remember specifically remembering this was when I just watched like their dresses and how they moved literally mesmerizing to me because like I that's when I like took it in and like actually started paying attention to like what all the characters were we- wearing even the even the guys like they had the suits and they, they had like a bunch of layers on and I honestly think that as far as like the movie went they kept their theme pretty well like everything just felt related like the small village Oh yeah, 100%. And I
0: definitely liked that he had like this big top hat and gloves and, and a really long like cape look, cape coat type deal. And it felt very 2012 The Lorax Wunsler when he comes out and is like, "Hey y'all, how bad can I
1: be?" And that's kind of the vibe I got from this. You literally took the words out of my mouth. That is the next thing I was going to say. Literally, just the way he was like, how bad can I be? And then like directly re- relates to how he stole designed and he planned to do it again and he planned to keep doing it. It literally, I think that's like the most perfect comparison I've ever seen. And like the characters just fit it both the characters, they would have been best friends.
0: Diego convinces Gustafson to steal another invention of Geronicus's, And I was just thinking, you know what, dude, calm down. Like, whatever, get out of my face. Stop being mean, go back and apologize. Jeronicus is busy working on his next toy, the Buddy 3000, which, Journey discovers, was conceived and designed by Jessica. And she resolves to get it to work in the musical number, the square root of possible. And again, I like that they bring in math and it's not just magic. I like that it's math. They combine magic and science so well in this movie because
1: the square root of impossible. It reminds me a lot of modern day science, how a lot of scientists are really, are doing really, really cool stuff, like groundbreaking stuff, like um, flying stuff or like teleporting stuff. And it's basic, it's essentially magic, but it's through science. I think that's like, I really liked how real that felt. That night, she's caught in Geronicus's workshop by his assistant,
0: Edison, who is like cute little, like small boy. He's adorable. I love him. He's one of those ones that wears like woodwear suspenders and bow ties to school. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Together, they find Buddy's body in Geronicus' workshop. I just want to make it clear because that sounded a little bit weird. Buddy's a robot. He's a very cute robot, too. I love Buddy. After putting in the mechanism that Geronicus was working on, Buddy comes to life. I really thought this was sweet because as soon as Geronicus comes in and hears the commotion and enters, Buddy shuts down because Geronicus didn't believe in himself. I think that that was one of the biggest messages this movie has to offer is believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nothing you do is going to work correctly.
1: Right. I literally, as soon as Buddy shut down, I was getting frustrated because I was like, just believe. But then I kind of started to realize like how hard that can be sometimes in real life. And I thought that was like one of the honestly main lesson this movie was like you have to believe in yourself and then like eventually everything will turn out for you, you just have to put in the work and effort and believe that you can do anything. Because like in the end, it does work out for him. But yeah, I was just kind of like, oh my God, why won't you just believe? Like, that's so easy. And then I was like, okay.
0: And I think something else that was so frustrating to me because obviously in movies, we as an audience know exactly what's going on whenever, whenever it happens. These characters don't. And so when he was blaming himself for these inventions or when he was blaming Jessica or when he was blaming other people for his inventions not working. I was just sitting there like, no, you're a great inventor. You're doing great. It's just, Gustafson is a jerk and it's okay. And especially that happens a lot because at this point in the movie, his magic. So what Anna was talking about when they were drawing on thin air disappears. I mean, he doesn't have that anymore. And it made me so sad to think, Ugh, oh, you are such a good inventor. You are a good person, dude. It's just,
1: you know, this guy's a jerk. Yeah, and that was reflected really well every time he said he kept repeating. He was like, I'm not an inventor. This is just I'm a pawnbroker. And like he switched his shop from like an invention shop, like a uh toy shop to a pawn. It just and then I think there was a part in the movie, a scene where um this old lady comes in and she and he she asks him to fix his clock and I was like that's so sad like all you have to do is believe you know and he was right there but he wasn't there and it was frustrating again
0: He was I'm like I'm going to say this so that I think I understand you he was there physically but he wasn't there mentally his heart yeah. wasn't in it anymore and it makes me sad to see People who, he loved his job. He loved doing what he did. But somebody made him feel like crap. And so he thought he was crap. And it, that makes me sad because that happens in real life. And it's, I know it's something that I've gone through. I, I feel like you probably have gone through it too. I feel like everybody's probably gone through it. You, you feel like you're doing great. And then somebody comes along and says, you're nothing. And you feel like you're nothing because somebody has said it to you.
1: Right, and it's, it it just, it goes to show like how much other people's opinions can and like thoughts and what you say out loud can impact someone so much, even though I I truly believe that it was mainly because of his wife and everything just fell and collapsed on him. But I do have to say that it was so sad to watch the shop. Like, as you said before, like the colors, it reminded me of the beginning scene when they're like, when the shop is full of people, it reminded me of Fred and George Weasley's shop. And then all of a sudden, and I think you could just talk about like, you could refer to that as on Alley from Harry Potter in general. And then all of a sudden in like the sixth book or movie, the entire thing just shuts down because of the Death Eaters. And it's all gray and it's all gloomy. And it, I just like direct parallel right there. Why you got to do that to me? <laughs> I love the Weasleys. Why you got to do that to me? Just be able to press.
0: Uh, right, so uh, i fix my mic. Um, and I I like that you said that that everything just kind of collapses on him because the next musical number called Over and Over, is about him thinking about his estrangement from his daughter and the loss of his wife and the memories he used to share with them and and how successful he used to be. and, and even Gusterson like he loved that kid like he was his own son and he betrayed him for what reason none for no reason he just decided hey I don't want to do this anymore
1: yeah it was so greedy of them you know like I was I was thinking like you had it going for you like you could have just stayed under him and they could have built like an empire together and it could have been both of you but I guess he was kind of just bragged by like the short-term victory.
0: Journey and Edison discovered that Buddy has been stolen by Geftison. They managed to infiltrate Geftison's factory where he conducts a failed unveiling of Buddy. I feel like... Gustafson didn't have the kind of quote-unquote magic that Jeronicus had and so that's why all of his inventions didn't work. I don't know if he didn't believe in himself. I feel like he didn't believe in himself. I feel like he was just doing what Don Juan wanted him to do but it's still difficult to watch.
1: I think he missed three things that were just like kind of the way some people are. He missed a lot of creativity, individuality, and just like originality. To me, everything he did was just very by the book, not ambitious and he didn't do it. He did it in self-interest and not because he loved what he was doing. He did it because it was what was was making him money and you could clearly see that he just did not have any passion or any magic in it at all. And he didn't really believe in what he was doing as long as it paid the bills and got him like a huge empire. I don't think he really cared.
0: He didn't have any creativity and I think all of the designs were because of Geronicus and, and, and things like that, he didn't believe in himself. He didn't believe that he could be Geronicus.
1: Yeah, honestly, I would go as far as to call him a little shallow because... You know, he was just, he just wasn't there as a character.
0: Edison orders Buddy destroyed after, you know, the failed unveiling. Though Journey and Edison are able to achieve it before it can happen. I love Buddy. He's so cute. <laughs> He's such a cutie. After realizing that Journey and Edison have gone missing, Geronicus goes to the factory with help from Jeronicus and Buddy. Journey and Edison are able to escape the factory. Though Buddy's severely damaged as a result. I don't know if it felt the same to you. But the tunnel and kind of the like pipe system they were in reminded me of Oz with like the emerald color stone. It just reminded me of Oz.
1: I didn't think about that de- then, but now that I am thinking about it, I agree with you. It does have that same, that, I think it has like the same energy or like vibe to it.
0: Ms. Johnston arrives to help them escape Gufsason and his guards. Ms. Johnston is a... Hero. Yeah, she's amazing. She is a mail person, mail delivery person. I don't know what you would call them. Journey reveals to Geronicus that she wrote to Jessica on his behalf, wanting to get to know him. So she wrote a letter to Jessica claiming to be Geronicus, saying, hey, I want to meet your granddaughter. I want to meet my granddaughter. Come on. <laughs>
1: That was kind of genius.
0: Oh yeah, she's so smart. Wanting to do the right thing by Journey and Jessica, who arrives in town to retrieve Journey, he gets to work on fixing Buddy. Jessica confronts Jeronicus over his neglect for her, though he unveils hundreds of unset letters to her that he couldn't bring himself to send. And at that point, I broke. I started sobbing because he opens a cabinet, like, as big as I am, with thousands of letters in there and I was I was just thinking oh my god what if you had sent them to her what if you had sent them to her and now you would be in that predicament because you would have your daughter and you would have journey idiot
1: they say that a good way to just get over things or like or to get over someone is to write a letter as if you were like sending it to them and just say everything you want to talk about and then just trash it and that's exactly what it reminded me of obviously he didn't trash it but for him it was kind of a way of just like trying to cope with like the fact that everything just went sideways on him but I do think that in the end it was a good thing that he kept all those letters because it benefited him and I think that Even if Journey was younger, the story just wouldn't have gone as well because, you know, maybe she hadn't developed her love for mathematical skills or, like, um, her magic power. You know, the timing just was perfect. I also
0: like that she developed that individually. It wasn't pushed on her. And I mean, obviously, you know, Jessica loved inventing and, and Geronica loved inventing, but I feel like it wouldn't have been as magical if it had kind of been pounded into her at birth.
1: One thing that her grandfather had and she had was that like you could sense it, it was almost as it was coming out of the screen. It was that individuality and that like sense of self that they had that was so important to this movie because of the way that they were just, they felt like vibrant to me, if that makes any sense. Like thinking of them, I think of them as like just vibrant colors because they were so original and so Like, they were themselves, and that's what was my favorite thing about this movie.
0: So this musical number, I think, was one of my absolute favorites that I've ever listened to called Make It Work, and I knew I recognized Jessica from somewhere, but as soon as I heard her sing, I went, that's Tiana. But this musical number was so well-directed, choreographed, everybody kind of got in on it, and I liked the use of, I know sometimes... Musicals do this. I know *Hades* Town does this a lot. They use shovels and different everyday tools and of everyday people to incorporate
1: that into the song and keep kind of a beat, you know. Right as this, right as you said, Tiana, I literally went. My jaw just dropped. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I didn't even realize. Like that just clicked in my head. But yeah, as far as this musical number goes, I, I, what I did like about it is how this really contributed to the plot like it was actually part of the plot like it didn't it showed like her going to the shop I'd like that because most musicals are like stationary as far as like like they happen in the scene and they you know they add to the scene but they don't add to the whole movie uh so I liked how it kind of developed the movie it was a good way to keep the movie going and like still be entertained by her travel it was perfect
0: Right. And I especially like this musical number. And I think that it adds to the plot because at this point, each of them are saying sorry to each other. Geronicus is saying, I'm sorry for abandoning you. I'm sorry for driving you away. And Jessica is saying, I'm sorry for leaving. I shouldn't have left. And it makes me happy to see kind of this father-daughter relationship that was developed very early on, but we didn't get to see a lot of. After making amends with each other, Jessica helps Jeronicus Fix Buddy overnight, which made me very happy because they said, I'm sorry, you know, they kind of caught up a little bit and then they started working on Buddy, which is something they would have done if she was younger. And it kind of gives that sort of childhood flashback, I think, that I definitely enjoyed. Geronicus and his family are confronted by Gustafson, Diego, and the police, and accused him of stealing Buddy from him. Though, Jorani disproves this because she's smart. Early in the movie, he, he asks her to sign a contract, which I will put that little clip in here. You can stay. Great.
1: After you sign this. All clauses of confidentiality to protect the
0: speciality of the personality whose mentality transcends a continuum between fantasy and reality. Which means you don't touch, you don't move, you don't bust, you don't break, you don't take anything in this shop. You understand? Okay, sign right here. The pin is out of let Just keep going.
1: Pinch fully. Say the first
0: he asks her to kind of sign a waiver saying, I'm not going to touch this. I'm not going to break this. I'm not going to move this. And he does this by using invisible ink. And so as soon as she found out about it, as soon as she thought Gustafson is gonna try to steal this, she put property of Jeronica's jangle on it. And I thought that was really cute because he
1: was really out here trying to steal his work again. And this time he got caught. I think it also added to her brilliance. Cause like, I don't, I just don't know. I would have thought about like doing that and And I think what clicked in her mind was how strict he was with those laws. Like when he was like, don't move this, don't touch this, don't don't move anything around, don't... He was just like, don't... Basically just do your chores and walk around. And I think it kind of clicked in her head and she was like, oh, okay, something must have happened.
0: Right, and I honestly feel like Jessica probably told her everything that happened. You know, she probably told Journey hey, your grandfather is Jeronicus Jangle. He's a very great inventor. He owned Jangles and things. He, you know, a very cool guy, but if he's not everything you dream him to be, this is why. Da-da-da-da. And I I feel like she definitely knew. And especially in the scene where she meets Gufsison, she thinks, oh, you're Gufsason, aren't you? And he's like, Yeah, I am. And then she says, I had chores to do and like r- bolts for jangles and things. And so I, th- I think she probably knew who he was and I think she probably knew his motives. And she's just so smart.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, literally one of the, my favorite things is, is that her, like her intelligence. And it was like her ability to just analyze situations. And I do agree with you. I definitely think her mom must have told her some version of what happened. Because I think right before she was going to um, to visit her grandfathers, she was like, oh, he'll be brilliant. I just know it. And she had like these high hopes and expectations. So she definitely was primed with some sort of story about him.
0: Geronicus removes the life-giving component from Diego for reprogramming, you know, because you don't want some kids to have a jerk running around telling them to steal inventions, you know, that kind of thing. As Gustafson is arrested, and this is the point where I started sobbing, I like literally started crying. Jeronicus gives Gustafson the missing component for his twirly-whirly. He wanted to give him years back, which he would have given him if he was patient. He was going to give him- the the witch me doodle the component the day he sold the inventions and so if he had just waited like a regular person instead of stealing his inventions he would have gotten it and that's what it was inside the little green package I was talking about earlier
1: yeah exactly I think this goes back to like his greed just took over him and in the short term it worked out for him in the long term it definitely did not and I think that's also talks about like some theme the movie is trying to relay is patience and just like things will come along just let things play out and don't be greedy and don't you know do stuff in your own self-interest if it's going to harm someone else.
0: Right and I don't I don't know if it was greed I feel like that was part of it but I also feel like it was panic him thinking in the moment Oh my God, I'm never gonna be as great as Geronicus, so I'm gonna steal all of his adventures and like go make an empire for myself. I I feel like it was more so panic. And I know that I've definitely had those moments, and I know a lot of other people have definitely had those moments. And it's it's scary in the moment thinking, wow, no matter how hard I'm working, I'm never gonna be as great as somebody else. And it's 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 scary, but you, you you have to be patient. And I think that's something that he definitely learned. Mr. De La crew arrives in the store and sees Buddy, who then makes him fly. Buddy has that ability, he can make him fly, which I think is really cool. I think that was really cute. And he promises to give Geronis' funding for any invention he desires to make at any time. And I think that's really cute, because It ended up working out for Geronicus. I mean, it only took 30 years, but it ended up
1: working out for him. Yeah, at that moment, I was just like, oh, look. So it was kind of, you know, the horrible things you had to live through. It kind of made up for it. I was really happy at that point because I was like, oh, my God, he gets to make all these great things. And, you know, he also gets to make little kids happy because... what his shop is like a toy shop and he gets to bring all these magical things to the world and like he's just funded forever i don't know i was really happy about that
0: the story is shown to be told by an older journey to her grandchildren and she unveils a still functional body to them which made me so happy i i love this kind of movie this kind of feel good magical movie and it just made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside She flies them to the Jingles' own factory where Gustafson's factory once stood.
1: I absolutely loved that part, and I'm going to tell you why. It seemed like a Peter Pan scene, you know, when they're all staring at the window and they're going to, like, this dream land. That's all, and they fly there. That's all I could think of. It just seemed like the most perfect dreamy way and it was also kind of like an um enthralling way to end the movie because like you were engaged in like the grandchildren finding out that all of this was actually real.
0: And again I will say you can kind of tell that the grandmother is somebody who is in the story like she is either Jessica or Journey and I think it's I think it's very amazing.
1: My favorite part was obviously like the heritage thing I liked how it was kind of passed down I enjoyed that. It was cute. And it was like, you know, it was predictable, but like it was different to think about it and to actually see it like happen in the movie.
0: So that's the end of the movie. What did you think of this movie after you watched it?
1: Okay, so... I have been debating between would I actually watch this movie like on my own, just like my my free time? Or is it more for like if I was watching it with a younger kid? I honestly think that if I was just having a night in, this would definitely be a movie I would watch because I, even though it seemed like a Disney movie straight out of like a Disney, it was magical. It was, I really liked it to be honest. This is probably one of my favorite movies about like magical toys and stuff like that. Honestly, I would give this movie... Uh, probably really close to a 10 out of 10, a 9 out of 10. To, honestly, i maybe 10 out of 10. It was awesome.
0: I honestly could not find anything wrong with this movie at all. And I was thinking, I, I don't think I've ever given a movie a 10 out of 10 before, but this is going to be my first 10 out of 10. I think it was a fantastic movie. I would 100% watch this again. And when my niece comes in two weeks, I'm going to show this movie to her because I think she would love it. I think it's a fantastic family movie. I think it's a fantastic Christmas movie. I think it has a very good lesson that I think everybody needs to learn, which is believe in yourself and and things will come true. And I think the costumes
1: were one of my favorite things. Um, Yeah, I give this movie a 10 out of 10. So I would definitely show it to your niece because I feel like especially kids would love this kind of movie. Obviously, I think I've said this like 20 times now. I am not the biggest fan of musicals. Don't let that stop you from watching this movie because this movie is actually a really good movie. Like even if you get like during the musicals, just take a break, you know, go get some like water or something, but it's actually really good.
0: I know that you're not a very big musical fan, but I am. But I I think that the musical numbers and this one, even if you aren't a big musical fan are phenomenal. I think the choreography, and I think that even if you, like I said, even if you don't like musicals, I feel like these musical numbers are just a big work of art and a cinematic masterpiece that I think you just, even if you don't want to listen to the song, just watch the scene because it's beautiful and it's amazing. Please go watch this movie. It's so good. Mm.
1: The production perfect. My only problem with musicals like just overall is I get really impatient during the songs I'm just like okay speed it up.
0: What was your favorite part of this movie?
1: Honestly my favorite part and We kind of barely like skimmed over this, but it was the part where they were in the tunnel and they were getting the buddy uh, machine out of there and the fire was chasing them and they were just like speeding down the tunnel and they had to calculate like the exact speed at which they had like in the angle, they had to go through the fan to make it out alive. And it was so like, it was kind of the climax. It was really, like, I was so engaged at that point. I was like, wow, this is actually really good. I think
0: my favorite part of the movie was the costumes. It was so good. I love them. Again, I am a costume person. If the costumes are not good, I will not watch the movie. But these costumes were amazing. And I loved looking at them and thinking, there's just so much going into these. And there was so much going into this movie, period. There was so much going into these. And it's fantastic to think, somebody slaved over these. And they look phenomenal.
1: I am not serious when I say this felt like a Disney movie. This, I was surprised to find out it was not a Disney movie.
0: I had to tell her that before we actually started filming, it's actually a Netflix original. And I, I was shocked. I thought that this was going to be dumb because most Netflix originals, sorry, Netflix, but most Netflix originals are. Final thoughts.
1: Um, Honestly, a really good movie. I recommend watching this. Ten out of ten.
0: I think this is gonna be in my Christmas movie list for ever now. It's so good. Um, please go watch this. It will not be a waste of time. It's gonna be like it's amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Liv and I will be back next time with another Netflix original movie, The Princess Switch. Please. Be sure to listen to Liv and Anna's other podcast, Seriously Ridiculous, where they talk and rant about all things Harry Potter. And my other podcast, Girl Power, where I review and talk about a different female figure every week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.